Welcome back to another episode of the Piano Pod. I am Yukimi Song, and today I am solo. Yep, Clara is not going to be with us with this episode, and she has a lot of exciting projects coming up, and、uh, decided to take a little hiatus from podcasting. So, Clara fans, don't worry, she'll be back very soon, and please follow her on. Social media for now, and her accounts are listed in the description. So, for anyone listening or watching the Piano Pod for the first time, welcome. I'm a classical pianist and educator from New York City, and this podcast is for anyone who plays the piano for fun, loves listening to piano music, or for someone who is currently pursuing a career in piano, works in the industry professionally. Each episode, we interview a guest speaker who has been breaking exciting new ground in the music industry. Before getting started, we want to thank our amazing fans and listeners for tuning in. And please rate my show and review it on Apple Podcasts because every rating review will help people find the show. So, today, oh, get this. This is really good. The Latin Grammy Award winner as our guest speaker. Yay, I can't believe it. Do you remember、uh, Claudio Constantini? He was our guest last season, and he's the you know, Peruvian concert pianist and then also bandoneonist from Spain. Actually, he lives in Spain. So he texted me, and I should be in touch with this new guest. So let me introduce his name is Mr. Pablo Estigabilia, tango pianist, arranger, and composer. His latest album. Horatio Salgan Piano Transcriptions won the 23rd Latin Grammy Award in the Tango Album category. I am so excited. I really can't wait to interview him and hear Pablo's incredible journey to achieve such a milestone as a musician to you know, become the Latin Grammy Award winner at such a young age. So let's get the show started. You are listening to the Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they are bringing the piano into the 21st century. The Piano Pod is honored to introduce our guest, Mr. Pablo Estegarivia, Latin Grammy Award winning tango pianist, arranger, and composer. He began his training as a classical pianist and studied at the National Conservatory in Buenos Aires and performed on Prominent concert stages in Argentina, collaborated with the Congress Chamber Orchestra, the National Radio Orchestra, among many others. Seeking to broaden his musical horizons beyond the classical realm, Mr. Estegarivia took a brief detour through jazz, where he ended up discovering tango in 2005. He rapidly established his reputation as a nuanced and masterful tango performer and recording artist all over the world. His album, Tangos para Piano, won the prestigious 2015 Gardel Prize for Best Tango Album by the New Artist. Soon after, he had the opportunity to perform in one of the most iconic jazz venues, Blue Note Jazz Club in New York City. Mr. Estegarivia is also a dedicated educator. He is a recipient of the Argentine Tango Society's Medal of Honor for his educational initiatives at the Stowe Tango Music Festival for multiple years. He aims to share the beauty of tango's rich lineage and reopen the passage of tango repertoire with new generations of musicians through his composition, teaching, and performances. So, Pablo. Welcome to the Piano Pod. Thank you for being here today. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Yukimi. It's my pleasure. 
Thank you. And big shout out to Claudio Constantini, who is your friend and concert pianist, bandonianist. And actually, he was on our, my show, this show, mm -hmm. in last season. And he messaged me toward the end of last year and told me I should reach out to you for a possible interview. So here you are. I can't believe it. <laughs> Hi, Claudio. Thank you for, for recommending me. I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of this. First of all, congratulations on your very recent huge achievement. You won the 23rd Latin Grammy Award and your, with your latest album, Horatio Salgan Piano Transcriptions, which was awarded with the highest recognition, the best tango album of the year. Wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big one, yes. I'm, I'm very humbled by the award and I, I honestly didn't, didn't expect it to go that way. But you know what, I'll take it. Of course, yes, <laughs> it's great. Now, did you actually attend the award show? I did not. I was I was actually teaching a, a tango workshop uh, in um, Northeastern University of Illinois. Okay, yeah, so in, you uh, missed it. I, I actually, I mean, I had a concert the day after in Chicago. So people in the university told me that if I wanted to, I could risk it and go to the ceremony and then take take a flight, you know, just arrive the same day and play. And I thought about the blizzards and all that. I mean, I lived in New York for, for three and a half years, so I know about that. And I thought, you know, I, I don't want to risk it just to go to the ceremony. And uh, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to win anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. And then you won. And I mean, even just being nominated by the, you know, Latin Grammys is an honorable thing. When you received the news of your, first of all, nomination, where were you and how was it like? Oh, it was it was pretty amazing because project that I presented to the to the Grammy Awards on 2022, it's actually kind of like a, it's, it's like an educational project, really. And it's all piano solo. So it's, it's not really commercial oriented. You know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. It's it was more like, OK, I want I think this guy was one of the greatest gems in, in tango piano that we have. And there's not a lot of scores available. So I'm going to make them available. And um, a collector friend of mine sent me an unofficial recording of him playing his only piano solo concert that he ever did. He, he died with 100 years old. He just did one. And this guy had a, a footage of that, uh, an unofficial footage. And I just transcribed all the concert because I mean it's 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 amazing. It's a treasure. So I thought it was very important to transcribe this uh, concert for for this music to be played all over the world. You know, it's right, it's right. Um, it's amazing music and it should be shared by 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 all people. And uh, the thing is that when I finished all the transcriptions and some of the log notes, because it's kind of like uh, a research. The, the book doesn't only have, you know, the transcriptions per se. It also has some data that I was recollecting how many times he recorded this. Sometimes the recording was not great. So I had to patch from other recordings that I got from other collectors. I mean, it took, it took a long time, but I, I think it was, it, it arrived to, to, to a good result and, um, my main goal was the pianist all over the world to be able to access this music. 
then when I was going to release the book, I, I have a, a lot of students. I teach on, mainly online and I have a lot of students in the U.S. because I used to live there. And uh, everybody was saying, hey, but you need to release a CD as well, you know, to match the book, just, just to have, you know, the, the, the whole package. And since the recordings I was working with were, were not official, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to release those for copyright reasons. So I had to record it myself. And that's how this album came to life. Yeah, it's like, like academic I mean, research. Yeah, actually, the book is, is, is not notated as a, as, as a, like a regular, you know, your songbook. It's, it's, you know, I tried to make an introduction, explain what, what the song means, when was it recorded, you know, and all that. I, I, I thought uh, about a document, you know, when, 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 I, when I was writing the book, you know, like a history book. You know, you go to Mozart and you have a lot of materials and then you go to tango and there's not a lot. And actually it goes back to, to when I fell in love with tango. I, I, I was born, uh, born in Argentina and raised in Buenos Aires. You, you could hear tango in mm -hmm. the city mm -hmm. and I didn't like it at all. Oh, really? When I was younger, it was kind of like uh, old people's music. Okay. So, um, and it was harmonically very simple. And I mm -hmm. was like very, very much into jazz. I was with, you know, Chick Corea or Herbie Hancock, Keith Jarrett mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. So the music seems harmonically simpler. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't like it uh, until someone just gave me for my birthday, I think, a CD mm -hmm. of... Horacio Salgan, and he had an amazing harmonic conception of tango. You know, it was it was very forward thinking with with all with mm. all the way. He he actually took a lot of harmonies from Ravel, from you know, and came up with with something that it's definitely tango because all of the uh, defining elements of tango are there, but is still so innovative and, and, and new. Mm. He was actually, of course, classically trained. He had the same maestro than Martha Agarich. They, they, they went to the same guy. Wow. You know, um, there are a few clips you, available on YouTube. Like, I think it was toward the end of his life. And, you know, uh, he's playing, performing with other instruments as well. The way he's playing reminded me of, in many ways, Vladimir Horowitz. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, he, he definitely has classical influence. He actually recorded some classical pieces that are on, on, on Spotify. I mean, he, he had a piano duo at some point with uh, Dante Amicarelli, who was Piazzolla's pianist, and uh, they recorded Mendelssohn's Mid Midnight Summer Dream. Is that uh -huh. how you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ave Maria by Schubert and, and some, some other stuff. It all goes back to Mr. Horatio Salgan for you because um, that's how you really won the the Latin Grammy that's Award. That's how I fell in love. I know just a few, you know, tango artists. Unfortunately, I need to study more. You know, for example, of course, the uh, Piazzolla is the big name, and then so. But I knew of Mr. Horatio Salgan, and particularly, I love. Don Augustine Bardi, which is like a really iconic oh, yeah. piece and the Independiente Club and, and especially right. your transcriptions. And I, I really love it. And I, I, I can't wait to purchase your transcription, your music from your website and then try it out. So when you transcribe all these music, are you really faithful, trying to be faithful 
from your uh, from Salgan's compositions, or are you adding a little bit more? Uh, well, this this is the thing. Transcription in Spanish doesn't mean exactly the same that in English. When you change something, it is not a transcription anymore. If you change something, that would be an arrangement. Right. So um, wh what I did in this book is just take whatever arrangements he did on on some of the tunes and transcribe them literally into paper, so you can play exactly what he played. That that was my intention. Okay, and then all these pieces are only written originally for piano, or written for piano plus other instruments. Then you and then you transcribe to solo as a solo pian piano piece. No, 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 no. This was transcribed from a non unofficial recording of Horacio Salgan playing a piano solo recital, which was a very special occasion because he never did that in his life. Mm. Okay. Um, that, I thought it was special, and it, it, you know, it needed to be, you know, decoded into a book. I understand. Thank you for clarifying. With this highest point of your career right now, and it still continues to grow as young as you are, and there's, of course, always the humble beginning. So, first, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned that you hated tango. So, obviously, you started as a classical pianist, but how did you discover the love for music at the beginning? Were you from a musical family? And also we're oh, yeah. curious. Yeah. Oh, really? My mom is a cellist. She's the cello teacher at the conservatory and uh, at, the, at the Buenos Aires Conservatory. And uh, my dad is an engineer, but he plays piano, he plays bass, and he loves jazz. So there was always music in, in my house. Tell me more about your training and teachers. And, you know, you started as a classical piano student and became, I think you also have some extensive uh, classical concert careers as well before 2005, I think. Yeah, so I, I started being my mom's student. I started playing piano when I was five. She got tired of teaching his son by when I was eight. <laughs> so I joined the conservatory when I was eight. I started classical music training when I was eight and then that went on and on. And uh, I had a private teacher as well here in Buenos Aires. He was amazing. He helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was a teenager, I started j just feeling that I wanted to be a part of the jazz world. You know, I went to the jam sessions, you know, every, uh, you know, it was like a big smoky place with everybody drink whiskey, you know, and I said, <laughs> okay, I want to be part of this. Let's see how, how it goes. <laughs> and, um, it was very difficult at the beginning because, you know, nobody teaches, teaches you how to improvise or harmony right. with, with that color, you know, in the conservatory. So I started just digging on my own. Fortunately, I spoke English, so I, I was able to read some books in jazz training in English. And I started just playing a little bit in, in, in the jam sessions as little by little, just, you know, trying mm -hmm. to improvise. I, I never became a professional in this, but it's something that I, I really enjoy. When I was about 16 or around the same age, I started um, tango lessons, but as a dancer. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I actually, that's how I started just listening more often to tango mm -hmm. music because I, I, I was, I was going in, in my high school, there was, mm -hmm. um, how do you call it? Extracurricular? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thing? 
yeah, an extracurricular activity that was tango lessons. And I thought it was cool. So I just went there. It was a great way to meet people. And, you know, everybody's so nice. Uh -huh. So I started dancing there. But I didn't like the music. I actually, it wasn't my thing. Okay. It was very old. No, even the audio is really old. You know, people dance to music from 1930, 1920. Mm. So the, the audio is all grainy and, and old. But the dance was really interesting. And then when I came across Salgan's music, I started playing tango. I joined uh, on what what is called the Orchestra Tango School. It's it's just an they form an orquesta típica, which mm -hmm. is like a, a rather large ensemble of tango. Mm -hmm. You know, like four or five violins, viola, cello, four or five bandoneons, bass, and piano. This is like our the equivalent, the tango equivalent of the big band. And um, we had a lot of amazing maestros there teaching us and all that. Until that point, I was still doing my classical music thing. I actually won a, a, comp a national competition here. I started, you know, going on tour playing, you know, right. Rachmaninoff, Chopin. Did you enjoy the part of you, like enjoy the career as a, con a classical concert pianist part of you? Well, for me, it started being a little too much, to hmm. be honest. I was overstressed all the time. I was, you know, I was having anxiety attacks and all that. And hmm. that's when I realized maybe this is not for me. And tango, aside of that, I started really loving the music, mm -hmm. was a quite different way of approaching performance. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was more relaxed. You usually played in groups. The environments of the concerts were not usually like very solemn theaters, but were more like bars and grills and all that. Mm -hmm. And I, I started really liking that. I, I found myself like having a better time in that context. So tango started just feeling right. And I remember 2008, uh, I, I won a scholarship to go to Brazil to a chamber music festival where there was there was amazing teachers. I don't know, the, the, there was Kurt Mazur actually. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. You know, Brazil had such great music training initiatives. And um, I had a teacher, Oksana, she was from the St. Petersburg Conservatory. And she was training me and all that. And of course, you know, we were living in, in you know, at, at the country, you know, mm -hmm. at, at a kind of a retreat of some mm -hmm. sort. Of course, I was practicing, but I was playing tango at some point because I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And the teacher heard me and she told me, like, I think it's, it's, it's great what you're doing, whatever, but you have to make a choice like right now. If you want to be like a, a good tango pianist, you need to go to Buenos Aires. You need to get your training from the people that really know how to do this. If you want to be a classical musician, I'll get you a scholarship to, to go to St. Petersburg and you can become a proper classical pianist. But you need to choose, you're, you're growing up. When she said that to me so clearly, and I started thinking about what my life would be in 10 years from, from that moment, I realized that I would like more of my life as a tango pianist. So that's what I did. You really quickly built your reputation as a tango pianist internationally. You know, as you mentioned, as a tango pianist, you don't have to do it on your own. You have the group of other musicians to do. It's not even the concerto. Piano concerto is your solo and then the orchestra behind you. 
but yeah, no, you, is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary. Although, although you you mentioned that we're going to talk later, but you wrote piano concerto, but the tango music, right? You wrote, but so now I, I see some albums you collaborated with other musicians, and obviously you have your solo pieces. So, can you tell a few fun anecdotes, maybe, with uh, working with other musicians? My first New York collaboration come, comes to mind. I was just nearly moved to New York and I get a message from, from a guy called Achilles Liarmakopoulos. He says that, hey man, I heard that you're in town. I, will, I would love to meet you and maybe record something with you, whatever. I say, oh, that's, that's great. What do you play? And he said, I play the trombone. Trombone, really? You play tango? And he says, yes, I actually recorded a CD on, on, on the Naxos label that it's, you know, Piazzolla songs with bandoneon and trombone. Mm -hmm. so, okay. And I, when I heard him play, I was like, this guy can really play. Who are you? You know? Mm -hmm. And he, he was a trombonist of the Canadian brass. Wow. You're interested in recording with me? I'm interested in recording with you. Let's do something. Let's make it happen. And uh, he asked me to to compose some pieces for trombone and piano, and 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 I did, and we recorded it. It's a, it's on Spotify. Mm -hmm. It's called Tango y Milonga for trombone and piano. And well, you gotta hear this guy. He's he's amazing. This episode is presented in collaboration with our good friends at Forte, a free alternative to Zoom, purpose built for music teachers. We're very happy to announce that Forte will always be free for music teachers, no strings attached. That's right, Forte offers features optimized for classical music lessons, including audio quality far superior to existing platforms and allowing you to hear every nuance of your student's instrument. Their colleagues at the Royal College of Music, Aspie Music Festival, Curtis Institute, and Berklee College of Music have even used Forte in their own programs. Forte's mission is to radically expand access to high-quality music education worldwide. Forte always puts teachers and students first. This means you can use Forte with your own students for free forever, and Forte will soon introduce paid features allowing you to connect with new students around the world. Sign up for free today at ForteLessons.com. That's F-O-R-T-E-L-E-S-S-O-N-S.com or click the link in the description. Let's continue with the episode. Yeah, how long ago was it that you lived in New York? Well, just before pandemic. I actually, what happened to me is that I was supposed to go back to New York on March 24th, 2020. So hmm. that didn't happen. Of course. And I stayed here and I found my partner. So now she lives here. So. I kind of come and go. I travel a fair amount to San Francisco and New York, and I'm traveling about four months a year, and then I come back. Uh, do you have any plans to perform in New York or in the United States anytime soon? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to uh, premiere uh, my uh, concerto and my tango concerto in the Kennedy Center in D.C. in October. Really? That is yeah. so fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And then I know you just wrote this uh, extensive work of concerto recently, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm embracing composition as a way of life as well. 
uh, and uh, I really like it. It's a totally different feeling when you're playing something that you wrote. Of course. Than when you're interpreting something that somebody mm. else did. Yeah, especially training coming from classical music and you have the performance career of classic as a classical musician. One of the reasons we sort of face this, I don't know, wall or maybe sometimes it comes with the different shapes and sizes, but um, anxiety or whatever, because it's you have to strictly follow the notes and present the piece of work. And it needs to be perfect. I am not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am not either. But the thing is, then when it comes to your composition and also even the transcription, it's the process of creativity and that you feel like you are, don't you feel like you're contributing something when you do your creative work to the well, society? Well, that, that's one of the things that I thought when I decided to, to become a, a tango pianist. Mm. I felt like I had something in my hands that I could really make a difference because right. there was not many people, you know, with the information that I had and the, you know, the skills that I had to, to do something about it. Mm. And then just take these skills and, I don't know, record Beethoven sonatas will not be as useful for, for you know, for music as me dedicating my time to tango, which right. was a very unknown and kind of secret music genre for the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt, I guess I felt more useful in that, mm -hmm. in that regard. Mm -hmm. And then being able to use your creativity. I mean, I started doing arrangements. I found myself writing music mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, it's, it's really great to play, to play music you wrote because you, it's tailored made for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it seems like you play better arrange your pieces or compose your pieces instead of, you know, performing the pieces written by someone from 200 years ago and then following every single note faithfully. Right, right. It's a, two different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always liked that uh, freedom of, you know, change stuff when I was playing. Tango is kind of like a middle ground between jazz and classical music because you get a score and you get most of the things that you need to play on the score. But there is a lot of articulations that you can, that you need to figure out yourself. Mm -hmm. Also, if you've got a solo, sometimes you just get the melody line and you have to come up with something. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing, um, let's say a little solo intervention, you're mm -hmm. allowed to change it as long as it matches the harmony of the rest of the arrangement. It's not like jazz where you, you can just, you know, solo for a couple of minutes maybe you have eight bars to do that mm. but you can and it's it's like easier to to say hey this is my voice i mm. use i don't know this type of chords i use this type of ones mm. you know mm -hmm. and it's it's i mean it, it felt good for me you lived in new york can you tell me about the blue note jazz club that's a oh yeah that, that's one really jazz. iconic place yeah tell me I was actually playing there with a Japanese violinist, Machiko Ozawa. She's a tango violinist. Uh, she used to live in New York. I think she's back in Tokyo now or, or in Paris. I don't know. I, I, I meet her in random cities around the world. She's, she's, she's great. The thing is that when I went to New York, there wasn't many tango pianists, you know, in the city. 
So I, I got a few very interesting calls really quickly. And one of these was uh, Machiko saying that she had a show in the Blue Note and she needed a tango pianist to, to play with her. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, you know? Right, right. That, that was about like six months after I landed in New York. What an it opportunity. Was, it was amazing. I, I, w I would look at the pictures of me playing in the same piano that, I don't know, Chicory and Michelle Camilo played and said, wow, this is, mm. this is amazing. Then you also, you are recording artist. And then I was listening to Tango's Para Piano, which also the award-winning uh, album, I think you Yeah, that, that was my first award ever. Mm. And the uh, are they your arrangements or? Uh, yeah. Those are all my arrangements, and uh, there's there's actually a few pieces that I composed as well, and um, that the story of that album goes as that I, I I came from classical music, so I had a lot of friends in classical music, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, Argentine uh, piano players mm -hmm. that wanted to play tango, and since mm -hmm. they didn't know how to, they didn't have the scores because scores in tango is also kind of tricky. It's not easy to get a proper score, you know, well-written and ready to play score. Right. So that's how I came up with my first book, which is Tango de Concierto. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like a virtuosic, like concerto version of some traditional tangos. Or I was thinking about a good encore for a classical pianist, you know, where you can play it after scriabin and mm -hmm. it sounds complex enough, mm -hmm. you know, just to, to be to be played right after that. And you know, this, so the arrangements I heard with the tangos para piano, some of them are very impressionistic. Some of them are like Liszt, Franz Liszt style. Like for example, I I love the Loque Vendra. Am, am I pronouncing correctly? Yeah, yeah, Loque Vendra. That's a Piazzolla song, you know, amazing. Right, right. Amazing piece of music. And then you did it in such a way that the opening is like a list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of octaves and chords. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. And then some of them, uh, like uh, Chapado a la Antigua, and then, oh, this is the iconic one. You know, everybody knows this piece, La Camparcita. Com la Camparcita, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they four hands? Right? Four hands? Those are two pianos that I overdubbed myself. Oh, two pianos. Makes sense. I had an orchestra arrangement, and I want to record it. Yeah, so I played the piano part, and after that, I recorded a reduction of the orchestra on top of that. Uh, so, you know, especially the La Camposita, I, I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, it's super iconic, and everybody knows, bum, bum, bim, bum, yeah, you know? Yeah, kind of a single anthem. Yeah, but it was, the, the, the main theme was so subtle, almost, right. almost you can't recognize, but I, you can recognize the har when you listen to the harmonies, but... That was really, really, really well done. Wow, I love them. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really happy with that. I mean, there's there's a thing with La Comparcita here, especially after Piazzolla, that the song is so well known that you're free to just put it somewhere and it's good, you know? Mm. It doesn't have to be as obvious as it was in the 1940s. And then this is also, this entire album is also available as score or no? Actually, yes, there's there's many of the songs of Tangos para Piano mm. that is that are included in the book Tangos de Concierto. That's a great one. Got it. Oh, wonderful. So is the Piazzolas Loque Vendra, is it in? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's there. Wow. 
because I would love to try that transcription. There you go. I also want to talk about this um, album, Maria e Pablo. Uh, so she is a tango, I guess, singer. Oh, yeah, she's uh -huh. the best. Her name is Maria Graña. She's one of the iconic female singers here in Argentina. Mm. And uh, we started working together uh, as a piano singing duo. Mm. And, uh, you know, people started asking if we were intending to record anything. Mm. And we really didn't because there was no label for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like a very niche thing, you know, like piano and singing, tango. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like like very niche. So mm -hmm. I produced it. You produced I, it. Yeah, if you're, I, I told her, if you're willing to record with me, I'll, I'll produce it, you know, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, you, you came up with the arrangement also. Yeah. And are these all like a traditional tango pieces, songs or? Most of them are, are traditional tango pieces. She actually was kind enough to record a song I wrote. So that was, that was a big, nice one for me. She recorded a version of La Cumparcita also. Oh, I have to listen to it. Yeah. And there's okay. a singing version of that. Hmm. Um, she has such a soulful vocal quality like it makes me cry makes me want to cry you know yeah me too it's it's, it's she's very moving yeah i yeah. don't know it, it, one of the most difficult things of playing with her is like not i mean just being connected to her so we can play together but not too connected so you don't it doesn't move you in, in the way that you cannot play anymore you know you start sobbing you know it's like you can do it. you can't do that uh, yeah, I, lo I love that. I, I love you know, her. I, it was, it, it's funny you should mention when, when, when we play live, I always notice that, you know, the first row, everybody crying. Oh, always. I bet. I mean, just by listening from Spotify made me cry. So I can't, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to be uh, as a live audience, you know, listening no, to she's her. She's very soulful. Let's talk about tango. I know the basic information of tango and as in a little bit of history, tango music was born around 19, early 1900s and now tango music be, became more like, you know, you, you, you see it in the pop culture as well, where, you know, Hollywood movie uses tango music in certain right. scenes, obviously the famous ones like The Scent of a Woman, Moulin Rouge, right, right. you know, the Shall We Dance, that kind of thing, right? right. So I also watched your little bit of uh, YouTube clips where you're teaching. I think you maybe you recorded during the lockdown or something, but you were explaining about what makes tango tango. So you are right. defining the expressions and rhythms and um, so and it, I also took a little bit of ballroom dancing. It was a joke. I, I'm, I'm not good at it. But one of my favorite dances, of, obviously, was tango. And another one is cha-cha. There are two very different ones. But that tango teacher told me tango uh, step is T-A-N-G-O. That's how you remember. That's the basic rhythm. I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> but right. can you tell us about what, what defines tango music? First of all, I, I should say that I'm I, I play Argentine tango, which is different than that. There's different types of tango all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, for, instance, for instance, there's the Finnish tango, 
there's Brazilian tango, there's flamenco tango, there's ballroom tango, which is not the same music that we use for our dances, mm -hmm. you know? Got it. So what, what, what I can say is about, you know, traditional Argentine tango, that, that's, mm -hmm. that's, what I, that's what I do. Well, Ar Argentine tango has mainly, I don't know, just two or three characteristics that made it pretty unique. First of all, there's not a lot of syncopations going on. You know, when, when you when you think about Latin American music, like I don't know, salsa, son, you know, whatever, all the bass, all the bass, and I go doom, 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 So you, they never go on the beat. Tango is exactly the opposite. It's like dun, 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 dun. It's always down to earth. You know, of course, we use simple meters, so. Mm -hmm. There's no swing, you know, there's da 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 No, there's always like two. It's more like that. Something that is really interesting about tango and that it makes it difficult to play in a way is that, you know, compared to all other Latin American music, it has one characteristic that makes it unique. Mm -hmm. And is that we don't have percussion instruments or drums in our traditional ensembles. That have has some ramifications that really make the basic characteristics of tango. Number one, when you, you know, tango has mainly rhythmic parts and expressive parts. But when you are in an expressive part, you can do rubato, mm -hmm. which you don't do in, in salsa or, you know, it's, it's all about the beat and, and the right. percussion. That you can also, you can also spot in the tango singers. Tango singers never sing on time. There is there is no such a thing as you think about I don't, I don't know something like La vida te da sorpresa sorpresa te da la vida ay dios ta 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 ti ta. So that's that's very in rhythm. If you ta 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 ta, you could write it down very easily hmm. as, as a rhythm. In tango, that's not the case because the the singer kind of mixes like spoken phrasing. When, when they're singing. Nobody would, would sing, Primero hay que saber sufrir, después amar, después... That's not how you do tango. You do three, four. Después hay que saber sufrir, después amar, después partir, y al final... That, you see that? I'm going around. I'm going around it. Interesting. Uh, so there is something about time that's, that's different mm. in tango, especially in expressive parts then when you playing rhythmic parts mm. of the tango there is you know for a string instruments there's a lot of extended techniques to actually make them sound as percussive instruments you know there's a lot of tapping on the on the on mm -hmm. different parts of the instrument to get mm -hmm. you know a percussive sounds there's using you know the the bow of the violin behind the bridge so you can you know that they have right. different Thanks. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Well, that that's the Argentinian uh, tango. That what that's what makes this genre unique. Yeah, yeah, it's, Those... it's, it has its own language, right? Mm -hmm. And even piano is played in, in a different way. Oh, how yeah. so? It, Tell me. Well, it's played as a lot more percussive than 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 classical music or jazz. Even we use a lot of. I, you know, I, I, I used to teach a lot of gravity involvement, you know, actually, you know, I, when, when I used to do classical music, they, I stayed closer to the keyboard 
you know, when I play tango, I allow myself to just have a little more range, mm-hmm. you know, to just, the, so the free fall is, it's a little bit but more rhythmic. And also, you know, the inner beat has to be spotless because the piano usually, you know, the left hand of the piano is the walking bass and is duplicated by the bass, by the country mm-hmm. bass. Right. So you are the metronome of the orchestra. It's 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 got to be right there, and it's mm-hmm. we don't have percussion instruments, but rhythm is very important because there's there's dancing involved. Of course, so there's a whole thing there that I think is very interesting, and it really I found out that it really helps to play classical music as well. Hmm. Tell me, tell me like, more. To me, it goes both ways. Like when when you play tango, you're your inner beat gets a lot better. And the fact that you cannot move the beat in certain situations that in classical music you do, it kind of forces you to phrase with dynamics, touch, and other stuff other than, other than tempo, right? Yeah, I see. Right, right, right. We we tend to do rubato, we tend to do, you know, alagando to make expressive, but yeah. Right, it kind of makes you more conscious on when are you using rubato and where you're not it, mm. it, it's not like there's not like a rubato default because otherwise you you couldn't play with others mm, of course interesting yeah so how can i play tango well i mean you explain everything but i just don't know what what to do like where to start there is there is some i mean i i would recommend getting tutoring but also i uh i released uh, one book called tango for intermediates that is kind of designed. It has some etudes to practice certain stuff that you will use, wow. you know, when you play tango arrangements and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also on my website. Yeah, uh, yes. And I'm going to release a second book of, of arrangements for intermediate advanced this mm-hmm. year. Oh, because cool. I um that that's a big part of my life right now. I'm I'm half time uh, an online teacher, half time a performer. How do you like teaching? I love it. I love it. And I think especially when it comes to teaching tango, it's very important. I think there's a lot of people that feel very good playing this music. And there's not a lot of people that can teach this this type of, you know, because I mean, simply there there was not like academization of it, you know, like Mm -hmm. in jazz, for instance, you have thousands of books on how to play jazz. You Mm -hmm. have universities of jazz all over the world. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen with tango. So you you do have a university that has a tango career here in Buenos Aires, but I think it's the only one. That might be another tango bachelor, not not bachelor, but I think tango masters in Holland, and that's it. Well, then you're the person to really go to, right? You're the go-to person, but also there's so much potential to grow because... You know, I've been interviewing a lot of guests and especially in the United States, what happened during the pandemic was the classical music world has changed tremendously. We are using more inclusive literature and uh, we are encouraged to perform more unknown composers, composers of color, for example. And so in so many ways, I think I want to include in my own repertoire a few Argentine tango music if I can play or I want to introduce my students how to play tango not just limited to the regular go-to guys and they're great but 
why don't I play something different, some different unknown composers, right? So I think... Yeah, and I think uh, different genres have, have different skills to offer. I, I, I'm still using skills from every genre I play. You know, mm -hmm. classical music gave me a technique to, to, you know, to face difficult passages, taught me about how to look for sound, you know, just how Debussy is different than Bartok or... Mm -hmm. Or, or Mozart and so on. Then when I was playing jazz, uh, jazz told me that if you forget something, you can invent it on spot. <laughs> you mm -hmm. should you should relax, you know. Like, <laughs> and it, it gives you all of this concept about the now, that the now, you know, how music is 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 happening right now, mm -hmm. and how should you approach certain aspects of it, you know, especially mm -hmm. for live performance. Uh, improvising jazz to me is life-changing because it's, it gives you a type of freedom, you know, and, and confidence. Wow, I bet. Uh, I tried. I tried a little bit, but jazz was so hard for me. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a different skill. I wouldn't think that because uh, you know someone plays classical music necessarily you you can play jazz. I mean, it's like of course you have a huge advantage, which is that technically you have no problem, uh, but I think it's interesting. The thing is that it takes patience. You know, it's something that you need to do every day. It's like learning a new language. Even a, a small little thing, you know, like learning one scale and just playing, play the blue scale on, on a one four one five four one structure. That's all. It, it's about a feeling your body that, okay, I can play whatever. And if I don't have any idea, I can stop for a while until I get something. And uh, it's like talking, right? And when you're a classical musician, it's like, oh, you know, I, I, I remember being, a, you know, before a show and say, oh, I, I can't forget this. What was this note? And just open and say, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, okay, how about this piece? This piece had this coda and then it repeats how many times, it's, you know? Yeah. And it's very stressful. And then you mm -hmm. see, you know, I remember the first time I, I got really called by jazz i mean that not the music but but the you know a live show it's like these guys are smiling these guys are <laughs> relaxed these mm. guys are, are having a beer <laughs> right that's, like, that's impossible when you're playing classical <laughs> i i might enjoy that you know yeah I, yeah, yeah. Not, you know it looks great yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> right yeah um absolutely and yeah mm. i was used to you know the the classical music competitions where everybody has you know the pack of ice just to you know or and warmth and everybody's nervous you know you put your hands in water and then you you know you do the right. exercises but in jazz it's not like that they don't care <laughs> hey i'm in the wrong wrong industry then <laughs> you know, um Mm. I think, I mean, I found the balance at some point because, for instance, I, I really enjoy solo piano recitals where I do tango, which is not frequent at all. You know, uh, tango pianists usually don't do solo recitals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's more like a classical music thing. But I found, you know, the. Right. You marry the two tango tradition yeah. and classical. That is so cool. Then do you give master classes based on like, you know, introducing tango literature or how to play tango better? Do you do any of yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, do uh, master classes and workshops 
uh, I did, well, I, I was telling you, I did one in the uh, Northeastern University of Illinois. Mm -hmm. I, I did one in San Francisco Conservatory. Yeah, I, 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 I am faculty in the Stow Tango Music Festival, which is a festival for musicians. They come from all over the states. And, oh, um, does it happen in Buenos Aires? The festival? No, no, no. It's in Stow, Vermont. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it. Yes. I'm, I'm very committed to, to teaching and actually mm -hmm. have like 20 private students as well that I teach online. Really? And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I always I'm trying to put, you know, new stuff out there for people mm -hmm. to to learn more effectively or enjoy some pieces. Actually, what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. is um, to teach the accompaniment, the accompanying role and the, you know, the, the solo role of the piano in an ensemble. Of course, it's very difficult to find bandonists Mm -hmm. and tango bassists in in the u.s so what i do is i put together two piano workshop so kind of what i did in la comparsita that mm -hmm. i have the piano part played by someone and then a reduction of the orchestra part by another person i do that with students cool so they you know they they can accompany and lead and then swap and it's, it's a good experience are they geared toward more advanced Piano students, advanced pianists, or intermediate, or I, I have I have in, I have some beginners, I have intermediate, and I have advanced. I have I have actually a couple of students that, that are uh, piano teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, they have their own studio and they want to learn how to play the tango style. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where I don't I don't focus on technique with them. I just mm -hmm. focus on tango extended techniques and, and stylistic as aspects of the music. Then I have intermediates where I still teach some classical music to get more technical tools to be able to uh, approach the most difficult tango pieces. And then I have beginners where I um, I teach some cla I teach classical music for technique. I teach easy jazz uh, pieces to make them uh, improvise just a little bit you know, just for them to get the feel of it. And then I teach tango as well. I, I have to write my own arrangement because there is no beginner tango book there yet. In relating to you as a teacher, so any advice for young musicians? Yeah, don't limit yourself to one genre. If you find something interesting, go for it. And uh, find someone that, I mean, today is really easy. You can take lessons with anybody around the world. Find someone that you like, how he performs or, or approaches whatever subject you're trying to mm. to approach and just go for it. This online format of teaching it gave us a lot of oh, opportunities yeah. to meet a lot. Yeah. So then what's next for Mr. Pablo Escabiria uh, after achieving so many, you know, so much already, so young? Well, vacation, that's for one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I'm well. I, I I was telling you, I am I'm, I'm planning to release in April 2023 a second volume of uh, this collection of Tango for Intermediates that I'm working on. I am gonna premiere my concerto in the states. That's gonna be in October in the in the. Um, That's right. Then the Tango Piano Concerto, uh, three movements, all yeah. tango music. Yeah, yeah, composed mm -hmm. by yours truly. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, then I'm going to play it in the San Francisco Conservatory as well with a with a community orchestra in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then I have my solo recitals that I would play in 
Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, uh, Vermont, probably New York. Those are all tango music. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm right now. I'm hundred percent tango musician. Great. So, um, for TPP fans, I would like for you to check out, you know, Pablo's Horatio Salgan piano transcriptions. Uh, recording available on all music streaming services: iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And also, for this, you can also get the scores of this Horatio Salgan piano transcriptions from your website, right, Pablo? What is your comfort food? Milanesa. Cats or dogs? None. None? Okay. What is your word or words to live by? Enjoy. Good one. What is the most important quality you look for in other people? Kindness. Name three people who inspire you, living or dead. Horacio Salgan, Bill Evans, Rachmaninoff. Name one piece in your current playlist. Robert Glasper, Black Radio. Okay, that's interesting. I have to check it out. Now fill in the blank. Music is a way to know yourself. <gasps> wow, that's beautiful. That's it, Pablo. Ding ding. Wow. That's the end of the. Okay, yeah, I was nervous. Part. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Okay, good. Wonderful. Okay, so this concludes this episode of the Piano Pod. Thank oh, you, Pablo. This was so nice. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for joining my show and today and sharing your stories and insights and expertise. And you can find more information about Pablo through his website at pabloestigabilia.com. And we want to encourage our audience to check out his uh, Latin Grammy Award-winning album, Horatio Salgan Piano Transcriptions on major music streaming services. Plus, the sheet music of all the pieces from the album is available to purchase from his website and all the links. Links are listed in the description. And thank you to our wonderful audience and fans for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review it on whatever podcasting platform you use. If you are watching us on YouTube, remember to hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to our channel. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The links are in the description below. And if you're interested in being the guest or recommending someone, or you'd like to sponsor and collaborate with us, shoot us an email at thepianopodnyc at gmail.com and send us a DM via social media. We'll, I'll see you for the next episode of The Piano Pod. Thank you, Pablo. And bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>